The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. everybody to the lakers legacy podcast where houston we've got a problem that's a little bit more manageable and that's because the lakers have just won game two against the rockets in round two 117 to 109 in what ended up being a little bit more of a nail biter than we had anticipated after a strong dominant first quarter and first half in which the lakers were up 16 I am going to be doing this podcast solo, and typically I'd make this a three seconds post-game recap, but you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling lit. The Lakers showed us some encouraging signs in spite of a very disastrous third quarter, and yeah, I just wanted to get this out to you guys and give you my stream of consciousness thoughts. I caveat this entire episode with the fact that I haven't done a rewatch of this game. I haven't even watched highlights. I'm purely going off of my instinct and my first reaction coming off of literally just watching this a few minutes ago so bear with me if I get plays incorrect if my memory escapes me but yeah I just wanted to talk really quickly about few key things that I observed from this game that give me a little bit more that encourage me a little bit more coming out of game one. First off I have to give huge props to Rajon Rondo uh, who we were harping on the entire last podcast and, you know, getting on Vogel about for playing him too many minutes. And I think those complaints still stand. It's still insane to bring a guy in who has not played an NBA game in six months and give him the third most minutes uh, on your team in a playoff game. And he played 24 minutes the last game and he pretty much cost us that game during that stretch where we were only down by two. And essentially it turned into a bit of a blowout for the Rockets while Rondo was in there. Tonight was the exact opposite sort of story, and that is usually the case with Rajon Rondo because you typically get this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of deal with him, and we got that exact type of performance tonight, and thank God playoff Rondo 
arose from the ashes like the phoenix and really proved himself tonight. I mean, the dude was active. He had 10 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds, crucial 5 steals. He was a team high plus 28. The next highest guy had a plus 15. And also, he only had one turnover. The last game, he had four assists and four turnovers, and the fact that he only had one turnover this game is huge. He also somehow won Frank Vogel, a coach's challenge in the third quarter when he got that fifth foul on Russell Westbrook, standing in for that charge. He played tremendous point-of-attack defense on James Harden. Rajon Rondo was incredible tonight. I'm not expecting this to last, obviously, but I'm going to give props where props are due. And I know people are going to go on and on about how this game is only going to lead to future games in which Rajon Rondo is just going to let us down, future games in which Frank Vogel is going to irresponsibly give him more minutes and trust him even more. And you know, that may be the case, but guess what? We do not win game two without Rajon Rondo. He played 28 minutes, which is so insane to think about. That easily could have bitten us in the butt. I think after his tremendous first half, I was going back to that well of Frank Vogel. We need to cut bait while we're ahead. You know, quit while we're ahead. But thank God he didn't, right? Because we were in almost the exact same situation as we were in game one to end the third quarter, where we were down by two points. Rajon Rondo gets inserted in and... I was like, oh God, here we go again. But thank God it went the exact opposite way because Rajon Rondo was a true gamer. He pulled the entire team together. Whenever the ball swung and he had it and guys were lost outside of LeBron James when it came to primary creation, he seemed to have have the most confidence. He knocked down a very timely mid-range jump shot. And overall, like, I feel like the team fed off of Rajon Rondo's confidence. Playoff Rondo. So... I'm giving him all his props tonight. We'll worry about when Frank Vogel uses him irresponsibly and and for too many minutes down the road. We'll get to that when we get to that. For one night, Playoff Rondo was back. I can only hope that he'll be back more oftentimes than not in this series. Um, So props to Rajon Rondo. LeBron James and Anthony Davis did their Batman-Robin duo thing. LeBron James had 28 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. Four steals, two blocks. Uh, His defense was tremendous tonight, especially that swat on Russell Westbrook as the help man as Westbrook was driving it into the lane, Caruso riding him. LeBron James came out of nowhere and swatted it out of bounds like he has been uh, these first two games. He was 10 of 17 from the field. He was so dynamic running in transition, especially in the first half. That Caruso to LeBron James alley-oop dunk got me so pumped. It was super electric, and that's when we were really rolling and really feeling it. Anthony Davis. uh, Look, the plus-minus numbers are going to bear out something kind of wonky as he was a minus 7, which is the second worst of the night behind JaVale McGee, who was a minus 8. But look, Anthony Davis, 34 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one block. He had that mid-range jump shot going. He even hit a three. I don't know why his free throw shooting has been a little bit wonky in these playoffs, but I'm sure that'll turn around soon. Uh, He did his job tonight, you know? He, He felt more physically imposing this game. And when he was facing up and when he was backing P.J. Tucker down, his mid range jump shot was actually falling. And when it's falling, we can survive these you know, these small ball, micro ball defenses, even when the paint is packed. And even when I'd rather them divert away from just dumping it down to Anthony Davis and allowing him to post up or face up just to shoot a jump shot. 
But tonight, he had his mid-range jump shot going, and I guess for the majority of these playoffs, that shot has been falling for him. So, And this is what happens when it goes in, right? So Anthony Davis had a huge offensive game tonight for us, and like I said, it felt like he was more physically imposing in this game, even grabbing some offensive boards and putting it back, dunking the ball through two, three guys. You definitely felt him more tonight. Obviously, huge shout-out to Markeith Morris, who exploded in that first half. He had... 16 points, 5 rebounds, was a second on the team in plus-minus with plus-15. He hit those four huge three-pointers, 6 of 8, 4 of 5 from 3 the entire night. Without his contributions, we would not have won. I have also been pushing for Markeith Morris to get more minutes in the Lakers version of small ball, which I continue to emphasize that even when the Lakers play quote-unquote small, they're still playing big against the Houston Rockets, and we'll get to that in a second. Lastly, I just want to shout out Cal Kuzma, who I feel like is tonight's unsung hero. Everybody is going to be talking about Rajon Rondo, Markeith Morris, and obviously LeBron James and Anthony Davis, deservedly so. But Cal Kuzma, in only 20 minutes, 6 of 7 from the field, hit a huge three-pointer in the third quarter when the Lakers were off kilter and trying to find any offense in the half court that they could. One steal, one block, I felt like he got a, a couple calls called against him that were perfectly fine defensive plays. He was right in front of his man, but, you know, they gave the benefit of the doubt to James Harden. Um, But overall, I thought he played really, really good defense as usual. Eric Gordon just seems to have his number in this series, and he knows how to body up on Kuzma and use the angles to put in these layup flip shots. And obviously, the one thing that Kuzma still has to work on is not biting on these pump fakes at the three-point line. But outside of those things, he played tremendous defense. And most of all, Kuzma's biggest contribution tonight was crashing the offensive glass. Out of his six rebounds, he had four offensive rebounds. Also, he had that crazy put-back dunk off a Caruso missed layup or something. And that's the type of energy that we need from Kuzma. If he's not going to get plays run for him, which I think is such a travesty, If that's not going to happen, he's going to have to make things happen for himself, and that's exactly what he did tonight. He showed the activity on the offensive glass and, yeah, got extra possessions for the Lakers, got extra possessions for himself, and he was crucial um, to the Lakers' run when they had things going and also crucial to helping the Lakers get back into control in the second half there. So props to Kyle Kuzma. I'm going to take it to break, and when I return, I'll close this quick micropod instant recap episode and just talk about uh, more overarching things that I saw from this game that I thought were encouraging. All right, so we are back. The Lakers as a team shot 56.6% from the field, 44.4% from three. I feel like this has to be their best percentage uh, in the Orlando bubble so far. They hit 12 of 27. Obviously, I'm not counting on that type of efficiency every night, but them hitting 12 threes isn't out of the question. I'm not counting on Markeith Morris to be this hot every night, obviously. He hit four threes, but I feel like Kyle Kuzma can get hotter than he was tonight. He only got one three-point shot attempt, which is unusual. So I feel like things will even out. Even if Markeith Morris can just hit us one three a game these next few games in this series, and Kyle Kuzma hits you know two threes, like that'll even itself out. Danny Green shot three of five from three, which is a pleasant surprise. KCP didn't do too much on the offensive end. Um, But look, overall, I felt like the Lakers, where they succeeded, 
offensively tonight was very clear. Uh, they got out into transition. Their defense was spectacular. Their rotations were crisp when they had that small ball lineup out there with Markeith Morris and LeBron James. Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma, that unit really took us over the edge uh, to close the first quarter into the second. And that's when we were zipping up and down, uh, Rondo included actually in that lineup. And it was all due to us disrupting Houston's flow of offense, getting a bunch of steals, running out, pushing the pace, um, running the ball down their throats essentially. And that was the biggest difference from, you know, game one. And, and you saw all of our deficiencies come to a head as well in that third quarter when we couldn't get out into transition because Houston was just on fire. They hit 9 of 13 from 3 in the third quarter and shot 13 free throws and had a 40-point quarter. And because of that, the Lakers continually had to take the ball out of the basket and inbound it versus just running the hell down, dunking the ball, throwing lobs, etc. But yeah, the Lakers still struggle with their half-court offense because they don't have one, and they rely on on LeBron James to literally create everything for everybody else or for Anthony Davis to hit his mid-range jump shots. And I guess now they also rely on Rajon Rondo to keep everybody in order in spite of the fact that, you know, Houston plays off of him. But tonight he made just enough jump shots to keep Houston's defense honest, and tonight Rondo also played stellar point-of-attack defense so that he wasn't that much of a liability and we could afford to have him out there on the offensive end. And actually late in the fourth quarter, when Frank Vogel pulled LeBron James out, I was actually confused that Rajon Rondo was yanked with him uh, because that unit with Anthony Davis on the court with just Alex Caruso as the primary ball handler, that wasn't going to work. And we saw that the first play out of that timeout was a Caruso turnover. And I think a few minutes after that, Frank Vogel brought LeBron James and Rajon Rondo back in. But yes, the keys to the Lakers' game plan tonight was be crisper on their rotations around the perimeter, play bigger and more physically imposing, and get out into transition at all costs. And that worked out to perfection for them in that first half. In this game, I see Houston's third quarter as the outlier quarter. I mean, it was. The Lakers actually held the Houston Rockets to 20 points and 17 points in two out of the four quarters. And that resembles the Lakers that we know. That resembles the Lakers that we saw against the Portland Trailblazers. I just think in that third quarter, Houston got unconsciously hot. I didn't even think that our rotations were that poor in that third quarter. Houston just felt it. They were in the hot zone. They were hotter than California currently is right now, about 115 degrees hot. And so I can sort of live with that because I don't think Houston's going to shoot that well that consistently ever again. I felt like in the third quarter, the Lakers also fell back into that trap of trying to, in the half court, take Houston one-on-one. Um, not moving the ball around and trying to find energy, trying to get Anthony Davis in motion, trying to get other guys off ball in motion. It was a lot of one-on-one stuff with LeBron James, a lot of one-on-one stuff with Anthony Davis. So I feel like if the Lakers can cut that down, that propensity to just buy into taking guys one-on-one often, um, I feel like we'll be in a lot better shape. But again, overall, through three quarters, the Lakers did a great job defensively on this Houston Rockets team and they just need to continue to stay disciplined and stay the course you know Houston continues to shoot the lights out I mean they shot 48 percent the last game tonight they shot 44.9 percent from the field but 
a large diet of their shots came at the three-point line. And if we take that third-quarter hot streak out of the equation, the Houston Rockets would have only been 13 of 40 from three. So if we take that third quarter out of the equation, the, the Rockets were only shooting 32% like in the three other quarters. Obviously, things are going to even out, and the Rockets would have hit some three-pointers in that quarter. But maybe we're looking at more of a 35-38% shooting night from the Rockets on a normal basis. So I feel like the Lakers should continue to stick to the game plan that they had tonight, allowing Russell Westbrook to chuck up as many three-pointers as he wanted and to go one-on-one on guys was the exact was the exact type of bait that the Lakers can show to Houston in the same way that Houston tries to bait us into posting up guys and driving into a packed paint. And that equation worked to perfection. Russell Westbrook, after yapping at a bunch of moms and their babies in the bubble in game one, didn't have much to yap about tonight with four of 15 from the field, one of seven from three. He was a disaster and Rajon Rondo thoroughly outplayed him. That's not always going to happen. Russell Westbrook's not always going to shoot this terribly, but you can definitely bait him into doing this more times than not. So yeah, I'm overall encouraged by this game, surprisingly so, because I was really, really frustrated and nervous uh, to close that third quarter into the fourth quarter tonight. But I think after this game, if the Lakers take a step back, um, I feel like they really found something here. Uh, Their defense was, like I mentioned, they were a lot more focused, locked in, and energetic. They continued to contest with vigor. Uh, LeBron James sort of leading the pack there. Rajon Rondo, we may have found something with Rajon Rondo being the point of attack guy to harass Houston's ball handlers and almost play this Avery Bradley sort of role. Him getting five steals is great. That'll probably come back to bite us in the future because he'll be gambling a lot, but... I feel like there's a way that you can make Rajon Rondo more effective defensively against the Rockets. Uh, The other thing that we did defensively that was different was we played a 3-2 zone on the Rockets, and that really threw them off. Obviously, they'll be ready to face that in Game 3, but, you know, showing the Rockets these different looks, I think, is essential to, yeah, the Lakers' defensive strategy, and it worked out tonight, and... Overall, though, I just feel like the Lakers' rotations were crisp, especially in that zone, and they were really causing Houston problems when they had to flick that shot up a lot quicker than they usually do. Obviously, it worked out for them in the third quarter, but for the most part, the Lakers were really moving their feet, and even when Houston's guards would penetrate into the lane, I felt like the Lakers did a better job contesting and helping one another. Uh, JaVale McGee really cost us during those first two minutes of the start of the third in just two minutes. So, but yeah, overall props to the Lakers for, you know, really bringing it on the defensive end and coming out with that 3-2 zone strategy and switching things up a bit. I want to end tonight really quickly by talking about the Lakers approach to small ball, because I know recently there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Lakers playing with a two big lineup essentially playing a center next to Anthony Davis. On the Lakers, that means playing JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard. Tonight, Dwight Howard didn't play a minute, and I think that was actually the right move. Well, actually, to be clear, I I feel like Dwight Howard should probably play some minutes, and maybe he should take away some of JaVale's minutes, because I actually feel like Dwight Howard does a pretty good job containing on the perimeter. That may not matter if the Lakers are playing more zone, but... You know, this notion that the Lakers should stay big and continue to play their two-man big lineup, I think, 
Prangis has been sort of tooting this horn. And the dude's a really smart guy. But when I first heard of that strategy, I was a little bit confused. And a lot of people were touting JaVale McGee's game one team high plus five in the plus minus category as evidence that, you know, maybe the Lakers should play a two-man big lineup to better contest Houston shots whenever their guards penetrate. I always found that a perplexing concept just because I guess in theory, the Lakers should play bigger, but in terms of the personnel that the Lakers have in order to do that, i.e. JaVale McGee, I just don't think it's smart. And also, if you're going to play big, you have to contextualize that, not only with the personnel that you have, but you have to play big with a purpose. And I think whenever you have JaVale McGee out there, more often times than not, he's kind of a spacehead, you know? You saw that to begin that third quarter. In just two minutes, Houston totally erased our lead because he couldn't rotate out to these perimeter shooters. He was just a liability on defense. So... I was not on board with the Lakers giving more minutes to JaVale McGee or even playing Dwight Howard because really when we started our small lineup of having Markeith Morris out there, LeBron James, Cal Kuzma, Anthony Davis, those types of guys, that's when we really pushed the pace. And really it took those guys, even though they're smaller than a JaVale McGee or or a, a Dwight Howard, they played bigger tonight, that quote unquote small lineup. And them playing bigger is all we needed to kind of stem the tide there because they're quicker on the perimeter. They were quicker switching and rotating when they were playing zone. They were getting into the passing lanes more. And obviously on offense, it's a no-brainer that she should go small instead of having JaVale McGee in there. And tonight it paid off for us to go small. And again, when, we, when I say go small, we're still bigger than the Houston Rockets. So in a sense, we're still playing big. So I, for one, do not buy this strategy that we should be playing JaVale McGee more minutes next to Anthony Davis. In fact, JaVale McGee had the worst plus-minus of the night with minus eight. Even if Dwight Howard had played minutes tonight, I feel like he would have also gotten crushed during the Houston Rockets' extremely hot third quarter in which they were raining threes from pretty much every position on the court. So I'm kind of glad Frank Vogel opted not to bring him in in the third quarter. Dwight Howard helps somewhat uh, contain perimeter ball handlers, and maybe he would have done a better job during some of James Harden's drives to the rim. But Houston was just jacking up a bunch of three-pointers anyways. They refused to take layups and refused to take advantage of the shots in front of them tonight. So that worked to the Lakers' benefit. And I feel like we've found something with this Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and JaVale, <laughs> JaVale McGee, sorry, Anthony Davis and LeBron James rotation of quote-unquote bigs. They're more active, they cover more ground, and on offense, they space the floor out hell of a lot better than a JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, and they run the floor better than those guys as well, and they impose their athleticism and physicality on the Houston Rockets tonight, and that was, I think, the most encouraging part for me to see. So, At this point, I'm going to continue babbling and just saying the same things over and over again. Those are the main points that I wanted to hit up from tonight. Overall, I'm more encouraged than I thought I would be, mainly because, again, I feel like the Houston Rockets' third quarter was such an outlier. Obviously, they can shoot three-pointers. They're going to be hot from time to time, but I don't think they're ever going to be that hot again. And we kind of took their best shot, absorbed their best shot, and still found a way to win this game. And I felt like the Lakers' fourth quarter... They really showed their mettle. Uh, We really fed off of Rajon Rondo and LeBron James' confidence. That's where that veteran leadership and 
and prowess and presence is so important in these playoff games. I mean, we like to joke a lot about playoff Rondo and that, that silly little narrative, but tonight it showed itself, you know? Rondo, from a tangible and intangible level, made his presence known and felt, and for the Lakers, thank God, it worked out in a positive way. Next game, who knows? Maybe we'll get the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of deal again, and it'll bite us in the butts, but for now, I'm going to take this game to win because it was a hard-fought one. Probably should have been easier than it ended up being, but you know what? The Houston Rockets are a good team. They're a different beast. They're going to be able they're going to continually shoot three-pointers until they get hot. It's up to the Lakers to stay the course, stay disciplined, um, stay locked in and continue to ram the ball down these Rockets' throats and really push them around. I feel like that's what happened tonight. We were more physically imposing. Anthony Davis I think even got Jeff Green with an elbow or something in his chest region. I just, I mean, obviously I don't want our guys to hurt people, but it was nice seeing the Rockets sort of flinch a little bit and fall on the floor a little bit more in this in this game. Um, so I feel like the Lakers were, as opposed to game one, a lot tougher. They were a lot more dynamic and electric because they were getting out into transition. But obviously when it came to rebounding the ball and muscling their way into better position, I felt like the Lakers did a great job with that tonight. The Lakers still had 15 turnovers, but overall I felt like they did an overall better job of not being sloppy. But yeah, I think I'll leave it there tonight. Again, I'm, I'm starting to ramble and, and lose my train of thought. So thank you guys for bearing with this episode. I just felt like I have thoughts and, uh, you know, everybody's feeling really good and, and uh, Liddy for the most part after this game two win. And this is going to be a fun series, guys. I'm excited to see the ways in which we continue to schematically combat each other. I'm a little worried about Frank Vogel. I'm not going to lie. He makes some weird, weird rotational decisions, including only inserting your hottest guy on your team, a.k.a. Markeith Morris, inserting him at the two-minute mark of the third quarter. Why not insert him at the five-minute mark, you know? Weird things like that, uh, you know, sitting Rajon Rondo down with LeBron James and only having Alex Caruso as the primary ball handler during a crucial point in the fourth quarter. There are definitely things about Frank Vogel's rotations that I do not agree with, but i got to give it up to the man when it comes to defensive schematics and uh, trying to work that chessboard on the other end because the Lakers really uh, had, a, had a solid game plan tonight and they stuck with it, were a little bit more focused and had more energy and activity, and I think that was the difference tonight. So, yeah, with that said, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes patreon.com slash the lakers legacy podcast that's where you'll be able to find our three seconds instant micropod reactions which this is essentially an elongated version of Uh, and also we currently have an extra segment out on our patreon page right now uh, talking about a potential future victor oladipo trade that would center around a kyle kuzma package so if you want some extra lakers content to listen to all it takes is a buck Um, With that said, we will catch you guys next time, hopefully after another Lakers win and hopefully with either Tommy or Allen or both. But with that said, signing off and uh, told you guys Rondo was good.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.